Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It is December 1st, 2023. Let's talk boxing. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, this video might sound controversial to some. Understand the goal here is simply to see things as they are and to get ahead of the casinos. Right now, in boxing, eras pass before we realize that they do. Right? That's just a rule of thumb. Um, Ali, in the 1960s, beats the Ali of the 1970s. Right? When Ali gets forced out of the sport because he wouldn't serve in Vietnam, folks, that's the end of an era. Right? The Ali in the 60s couldn't even imagine rope-a-doping. His legs were so great. When he comes back to the sport, he's still in his 20s. But he's nowhere close to Joe Fraser. He has to clinch a lot. He's a different fighter. Right? The Mike Tyson era similarly ends really prematurely, doesn't it? Right? You're watching Mike. He owns boxing. He's a paradigm shift. They tracked down billionaire Donald Trump, who said, hey, Ali Tyson, I'm not sure who wins that fight. Right? This is in the 80s. <laughs> right? Um, you know, my father and I had debates. My father was an Ali guy. And I was talking about Mike Tyson. And let's just say it was an open question among fight fans, whether Tyson, who didn't throw a lot of jabs, was a paradigm shift. Right? It ends quickly. Buster Douglas beats him. Later you notice fighters are competitive with him, right? It's an open question to me on whether Mike Tyson would have beaten Riddick Bowe if both were in their primes. Bowe was a special fighter, right? More recently, let's make the conversation a bit more recent. Understand Vladimir Klitschko is a big favorite over Tyson Fury. We thought at the time Vladimir Klitschko was going to last for a while. Right? Tyson Fury beats him in such a way where you wonder whether Vladimir Klitschko could ever beat Tyson Fury. Understand, too, Klitschko had lost some fights before then. The Ross Purity fight, he's dominating the fight. Then he runs out of gas. Right? He was a young fighter who didn't quite have the stamina. Right? The... Corey Sanders fight, he gets caught, right? He gets finished early. Lehman Brewster, that fight. Uh, War of Attrition, he gets caught. The Tyson Fury fight is really the first fight in which you notice that Vladimir Klitschko did not have the legs to hang with the mover. Right? Understand, boxing was taken by surprise. Now, more recently, and we're still trying to figure out 
the answer to this question, right? It looked like the Anthony Joshua era was going to last for a while. We did have some questions. There was always that looming question of whether Joshua could handle Deontay Wilder. But we thought Joshua was going to be around to fight Wilder. Right? Joshua looked like the more polished boxer of the two. Right? Joshua, Olympic gold medalist, like Vladimir Klitschko, right? Um, he was, you know ruling the roost. Then you have the Andy Ruiz fight, where he was a huge favorite. Then you had more troubling fights, right? The Usyk fight, where suddenly we started asking the question, wow, can Anthony Joshua box against an elite boxer, an elite mover? Right now, folks, Anthony Joshua right now is trying to re-engineer and reconstruct his career. But it's possible that the Joshua era has already ended. Now let's talk about 168 pounds because it might not be what it seems. Right? We're all excited. David Benavides is with PBC. He just beat the toughest challenge, and I know it doesn't seem this way in the moment, but he just beat the toughest challenge of his career. Right? Demetrius Andrade, who many of you keep saying is a prospect, I read the comments in the comment section of the earlier videos, right? Who many of you are discounting his belts, right? The feeling is that they're all minor belts and that he never broke through against the current marquee fighter of the moment, right? Uh, fight fans simply have no idea how many guys avoided Boo Boo Andre. Understand, Andre, an argument can be made, is one of the best boxers in the sport. Right now, I understand it's a hard argument because you have boxers actually fighting each other. Right? When a Terrence Crawford actually gets in the ring with an undefeated Errol Spence and wins that fight, it's hard to think about even putting someone next to Crawford who hasn't fought that unbeaten Errol Spence opponent. Right? I get it. Right? Also, this is a time where guys are collecting titles. Right? Canelo shows up, four different champions at 168. Canelo starts knocking them down and in the process jumps to 175 and beats that champion. Right? It's hard to put a boo-boo Andre ahead of a guy like that. We get it. Right? But let me just say that stylistically, he's one of the toughest fighters out there. Right? He can fight 12 rounds without allowing a pocket to form. He tried things against Benavides I haven't seen tried against Benavides. Right? He's fighting low against Benavides. He's backing Benavides up. Right? Let's remember, the Benavides fight is actually a tale of two fights. The first three rounds, Boo Boo's very much in it. 
Very much. That's a competitive fight. The last three rounds are a slugger catching up with a mover. So now, we're talking about Benavides calling out Canelo. Right? Everyone's calling out Canelo. Let's knock down two such call-outs right now. Now, I appreciate Jamal Charlo coming off of inactivity, blowing away in by more than three pounds, and then having the audacity to call out Canelo, right? Okay, great. You know, I understand. Call out the cash cow, right? Try to make some money. You're both with PBC. That deal can be made. Right? But politically, it can't be. Fight fans need to see Canelo fight someone who's not in the Charlo family. That Jamel Charlo fight was such a disaster that you want to have that memory fade. You don't want to rekindle that memory by suddenly having Canelo announce he's going to fight Jamel Charlo's brother. Right? That doesn't work. Also, Canelo, who's already a few years into his 30s, needs to be thinking about, you know, closing out his career on a high note that fans like. Right? You don't do that by fighting a guy who was inactive for a long period of time, then comes back and misses weight by three pounds, and is fighting a guy, an opponent who doesn't have a lot of experience at even 160 pounds. And you're forcing him to fight at 163 pounds, and you can't even make that. Right? So understand, in my opinion, even though they're both with PBC, the idea of Canelo fighting Jamal Charlo doesn't really move my needle. Even though... Jamal is technically still a champion at 160, where he hasn't fought now for a very long time, right? He, he showed up for his last fight closer to super middleweight than middleweight, folks. Right? Just to understand that. You know, let's just say Canelo, Jamal Charlo is not at the top of my list. Neither is, even though I think this is a riveting fight. I think this would be a riveting fight that would over-deliver. Canelo against Terence Crawford. Understand, you have the same problem there in the moment that you have with the Hitman fight. Boxing fans don't want to be reminded of Canelo against Jamel Charlo. Not that Canelo did anything wrong. But the problem is, Jamel Charlo didn't look credible at 168 pounds. So now you want me to believe that a guy whose last fight was at 147 pounds is going to look credible. Also, Canelo has fought too many tough fighters over the years. To have his career suddenly fall in the pothole of making it look like he's picking on smaller guys. Right? He dominated the 154-pound champion 
I'm sorry, now's not the time for him to fight the 147-pound champion. It doesn't work, folks. So let's talk about other Canelo opponents, and I'm going to make a preposterous claim here. The claim I'm going to make is that Benavides is actually the best risk-reward part of the equation because the world of 168 pounds has changed materially and you have extremely dangerous men in the division. Right? Let me just say, Let's name two guys. David Morrell. Please do not look too hard on Morrell's professional record. Right? He's something like 9-0. People are going to say, you got to be kidding. Nine fights, you know, he, he looks like an easy opponent. What I need for people to understand is this is more of a Lomachenko situation than any other kind of situation, right? Morrell as an amateur in 132 fights had a record of 130 wins and two losses. Again, 130 wins and two losses. Morrell is also a southpaw. He is a master at spacing. He hits hard with both hands. He throws really every punch in the book. He has great legs, so he can be outside. He can be hard to find. Let's remember it wasn't too long ago that Canelo was wearing a knee brace in fights. He moves much better than Canelo. He doesn't have to be deep in the pocket against Canelo. Right? And of course, Morrell is 25 years old. Right? Now, this is a two-way conversation. I believe Canelo needs to consider if he's going to continue on in the sport. And I know there are lucrative fights left and right for him, right? But Canelo needs to consider fighting Benavides because the danger is too great in fighting Morrell. I'm not saying Morrell is better than Benavides, but what I am saying is Benavides is known to the public. Right? If you lose to Benavides, okay, you lost to a great fighter. You lost to a guy who already has been the champion at 168 pounds twice. Right? Okay, fine. It's not going to be a big stain on your career, just like losing to Bevel wasn't a big stain on Canelo's career. Because Bevel is still unbeaten, he's a great fighter. And he was from the 175-pound weight class, right? So we look at Canelo against Bevel, and we say, hey, Canelo pushed himself because that's who Canelo is, right? Canelo is a guy who fought Golovkin multiple times. 
Canelo's a guy who fought Danny Jacobs, who fought Miguel Cotto, who fought Floyd Mayweather, who fought Austin Trout, who fought Eris Landy Lara, right? Who fought Callum Smith when Callum Smith was unbeaten, who fought Billy Joe Saunders when Billy Joe Saunders was unbeaten, right? That's who Canelo is. Right, so we look at the Bebo fight and we say, hey, he was a credible opponent. Now, to the boxing hardcore, let me just say, David Morrell would be a credible opponent. But most of the public wouldn't realize it. There's less risk, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's less risk, reputation-wise, legacy-wise, fighting Benavides, especially since Benavides just beat unbeaten Demetrius Andre. Then there would be fighting David Morrell. Right, let me point out a corollary here. You're Demetrius Andre. Now I know Andre Rosier, who worked with Danny uh, Jacobs, um, loves... Andre wants him to be successful, is urging Andre in his mid-30s to drop back down to 160 pounds. Now, I don't say this lightly. Here again, fight fans might not realize it. Casual fight fans might not realize it. They might be fooled by uh, Jamal Charlo's return. In my eyes, 160 right now is a Marvin Hagler situation from the 80s. There's one guy, and then there's everyone else. And that one guy is John Abeck, right? If I and Demetrius Andre, I don't drop down in my mid-30s back to 160, that by itself is perilous, right? I'm just telling you, young guys can do things older guys can't do. One of them is dropping down in weight. Right, Andre, who's 6-1, is at 168 for a reason. Right, if he drops down to 160, that's going to drain his body. Then he's going to find out that he's in against a guy who is dominant. Right, I don't see Jonabek losing for the next several years. I love Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is calling out Canelo. He's not calling out John Abeck. He's too smart for that. Right? Fighters like Tim Zhu, 154, who, you know, has been calling out Jamel Charlo, understands not to call out John Abeck. Whether the public knows it or not, John Abeck is a boogeyman. So if I'm Andre, I look at 160 and I say, that's a dead end. Why am I going to lose eight pounds? That's significant. That's the difference between middleweight and super middleweight. Why am I going to lose eight pounds in my mid-30s to go down to 160 to possibly get my ass kicked? Well, here's the problem that Andre faces. Sticking around at 168 is too perilous. Right? He just lost to Benavides. By the way, Benavides, just my observation, looking at him at the weigh-in, has at most two more fights at 168. Right, folks? He was so drained at the weigh-in. Let's stop kidding ourselves. 
I don't care how many years he's been at 168. Like Devin Haney, who recently gave up multiple titles at 135, Benavides is going to have to move to 175. Right? Two fights left tops. You're not going to see Benavides against David Morrell. That's not going to happen. So if I'm Andre and I look at Morrell, knowing I just lost to Benavides, right? I would also look at the next fighter I'm going to name. He's from France. His name is Christian Mbili. I'm going to look at his tapes and I'm going to realize too young, too much of an athlete, too sudden, hits too hard. If I couldn't handle Benavides's punch, there is no reason for me to believe that I'm going to handle Christian and Billy's punch. So let me just say, whether I'm Andre or whether I'm Canelo, I look at Morrell, I say, hmm, that's a tough fight where the public doesn't know how tough the guy is. If I'm not getting the big lettuce, why am I taking the fight? Then I look at Christian and Billy. Right now, in Billy, I don't rate as high as I do Morrell. Because in Billy has to be pocket centric. Right? He does not have, this is one man's opinion. I understand it's controversial. I'm just telling you what I'm going by. He does not have the ring coverage that Morrell has. In other words, a Morrell Canelo fight. Morrell can stay an arm's length and a half away from you. He can come up. He can just hit you with a jab. He does not have to run. This is not Caleb Plant. He does not have to run away. He would be outside simply to win rounds in which his opponent hasn't figured out how to shorten the distance. Right, so if Canelo is coming forward, Morrell has the legs to stay outside, hit him with jabs, to win slow rounds from the outside. Now, people here know that I thought Billy Joe Saunders would do better than he did against Canelo. I thought that fight was right on the table for Saunders because Saunders was a mobile southpaw. By the way, he's coming back to boxing. Well, what I want people to understand is here you have in Morrell a mobile southpaw who hits hard. He hits harder than Billy Joe Saunders, right? If I'm Canelo, given that it took me several rounds to figure out Saunders, I avoid Morrell. Morrell, by the way, already has the WBA 168-pound title, right? He already has a minor title at 168. Well, and Billy, folks, I'll just put it to you this way. He's a mid-range hooker with power and youth, right? Just imagine a bigger version, a younger version of Danny Garcia, a more explosive version of Danny Garcia 
at 168 pounds. Right now, while he's older than Morel, he's 28. Morel's only 25. Style-wise, I believe he'd be a load for both Benavides and Canelo. So understand, if I'm Andre, I give Rosier a hug. And then I announce that I'm going to 175 pounds. I'm not saying Bevel's an easy fight. I'd avoid Bevel if I'm Andre. Right? But understand, Andre is going to be too athletic and too mobile for Callum Smith. Right? Or, or Arthur Perturbius. Right? Because Andre would back away from the pocket there. Andre would let the guys chase him, and Andre can actually be back foot for 12 rounds. Right? Let's also think in terms of age. Morel, 25. Mbili, 28. Benavides, in his 20s. Right? Think about it at 175. Callum Smith in his 30s now. <laughs> right? Arthur Perturbiev well into his 30s, right? If I'm Andre, I go to 175.